Hey there, action takers. This is David B., your friend here at the IDK WTF podcast, where along with our trusty bestie, Teresa Merrick, we're all about helping you create income from your interests by getting through that discomfort of having no idea what the F you're doing. In today's episode, we're going to dive deep into a topic that is critical for success in any area of life, and that's commitment. We all know planning is important, but did you know that only about 3% of people actually make their goals? It seems like a dismal statistic, but don't worry, we've got you covered. Today, we're going to discuss the three pillars of commitment to help you join that elite 3% and achieve the success you deserve. Many of you know that Teresa and I are both consultants with decades of experience between us running one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions, masterminds, events, and workshops dedicated to helping others just like you achieve their goals and create a life they love. So we've seen firsthand what works and what doesn't when it comes to commitment, and today we're excited to share our insights with you. However, we also know it's not always enough to just talk about a subject. So we're both here to help you because we've been in your exact shoes not that long ago, and we're probably still working through a lot of the same things you are today. Because let's be honest, we've all struggled with commitment at some point in our lives. Whether it's sticking to a diet, hitting the gym, or pursuing our dreams, we've all faced obstacles that have threatened to or have derailed us. That's why we're spending so much time sharing actionable steps that you, and us can implement in life right away to ensure you add more success habits into your routine immediately. So if you're ready, and since you're still listening, I think you are, be sure to hit that subscribe button, follow along, buckle up, and let's get ready to learn how to become more committed to creating some income from your interests and becoming the best version of yourself. Let's go. Have you ever started something new and didn't finish it? You were excited. You invested time and money. You got stuck. I'm Teresa Merrick. And I'm David B. And this is the podcast with two ADHD entrepreneurs, and we've been there. And worked with hundreds of people in the exact same place. The IDK WTF I Was Doing podcast will take you away from feelings of frustration and overwhelm. And lead you to the clarity you need to take action and get shit done. Listen today because it's important to admit that no one really knows what the fuck they're doing. Welcome back, action takers, to another episode of the IDK WTF I Was Doing podcast. I am David B. And I'm Therese Merrick. We're back again with our series on IDK WTF I'm Doing, and it's okay. It is okay because most okay. of us don't know what we're doing most of the time. Uh, most of most of the time. That's true. Yeah. Remember when you were like a child and you just thought adults had it all figured out and knew everything? Or when you were like 20 and you thought <laughs> by the time you were 30, you would have it figured out? Well, yeah. Like we always thought there'd be some point. And so, yeah, we totally get this. So what are we talking about today? Well, we're going to talk about making a commitment to those goals that you set so that you actually follow through with them and what that looks like because a lot of us struggle with that excellent excellent and our last couple episodes what did we cover well we covered what did we cover we covered admitting that you don't know what's going on and what that okay. looks like and we talked a little bit about how it's just like 
seeding control. It's no, we just, we just don't know. It's just, it's okay. And then you have to mentally prepare yourself to make mistakes, have setbacks, have challenges and have a way to overcome those. So now we're talking about this commitment that it's okay. We know these things are going to happen. We're not going to know there's going to be obstacles, but then we want to commit to following through and finishing what we started. Perfect. And yeah, I love it because everything is building on itself, right? And so just really the goal of this podcast is you can take each one of these episodes individually, but listening to them progressively, especially through this third season of ours, I think the more it builds more skills that are stackable. Absolutely. So if you haven't start with our reflection episode and work forward, you're going to hear how this kind of stacks on itself, builds on itself and the skills and practices that you'll want to be as successful as you can be. There's everyday habits that we need to have, like in order, it's in order to get to the goal that we're trying to get to, right? We have those three pillars that really help you get to that goal, that help you commit and reach that, that end process that you're going for, right? The first pillar is those habits, those everyday habits that are talked about a lot and we talk about them too, but it's, it's often talked about and it's, there's a ton of them, right? So the second pillar is then having accountability, right? Being accountable for whether you're taking a hundred percent ownership on your own or having someone there to hold you accountable to the things that you've stated are out there, right? Right. And then the third pillar is going to be that pillar of support. So having people around you in your life that share the same goals that are working on similar things that are, are there to support you when things get hard, because like we talked about in the last episode, something is always going to come up. Right. And when you have that supportive community, it's so much more helpful. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Having those mentors, supportive community, people you can talk to always good. Okay. Well, David, why don't you share some of the awesome statistics that you found out? Cause they were, and by awesome, I mean, sort of like awe inspiring. I was a little bit blown away by these statistics. Yeah. And so this plays into, you know, exactly those three pillars and kind of why they're important. And so this was a Harvard study and we'll link to it in the show notes, but so 84% of people just actually don't set any goals at all. And that's significant. Right. A lot. That's a lot. I think that's the the number for me. That's the biggest. It's like, really? Because I think sometimes I set goals. I've failed. I've totally blown off goals. I've been like, I can't do that anymore. And and I mean, I've had all these roller coaster of emotions about goals that I've set, but I set them. And so I guess I've just always assumed that everyone else sets goals and has the same issue as me where they set goals and then they don't follow through. So that's maybe not everybody achieves everything, but then to be like 84%, that's a lot of people. Absolutely. Right. Like less than two out of 10 people are just actively setting goals, which is wild. So out of a hundred percent, 84% of people set no goals. 13% of people set goals, but don't achieve them. And then only 3% of people achieve their goals. Exactly. It's insane, but it's like, it's just crazy. (laughs) Right. So I mean, even just the 16%, I mean, 16% of people set goals, but then there's 13% of those people that they're trying to hit a goal and they don't. Exactly. And that's a bummer. It is a bummer. But often it's because they're not taking the right action, even within setting the goal, right? So then the other things of the 3% who reach their goal, 
they are 10 times more likely to achieve that goal if they have written it down in some way, Okay. right? So a certain amount of them will just hit it regardless, just because it happens, but it makes you 10 times more likely to reach that goal if you write it down. Yeah. You're also 40% more likely to hit your goal if you have some sort of progress support to a supportive audience. So whether it's sending to a friend, have being part of the Facebook group and talking about it with a like-minded community. I guess it's just, it's just crazy to me how few people actually even bother to try to set goals and how small <laughs> a percentage of, because of the 16% left over, if only three of that is, are, are people who complete goals, like it gets to be then no wonder 84% because they're then people who've set goals are like, did that once, it didn't work, and then they don't set goals anymore. You're totally right. And it's just, it's disheartening, right? Because I feel like that's another big thing, and I, we've talked about this before, but we're never really taught how to set goals. We're not taught to have that, that mindset. No, we're given like, we're given assignments in school and told you must do these. Yeah. We're, we're told how to do things, but we're not given the tool of, well, what do you want to achieve? Exactly. What what would, and and then teaching a kid how to, it's even I'm like, oh, how do I, how do I integrate that for my kids? But <laughs> it's, it's not an easy concept to teach either, I think, because everybody's goals and dreams are different from each other. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hmm. One thing I heard was, is like a parenting tip. Again, I don't have kids, so I don't really know. <laughs> Is that just teaching the, instead of rewarding accomplishment or rewarding end products, rewarding the effort involved and rewarding like the determination to keep going. Yeah, that's, that's in what, our house. It's it's about trying. It's about, did you put in your best effort? Yeah. But still and translating it to goals, I think takes something. But I think if you, yeah, I mean, it makes sense if you teach kids to put in and be action yeah. takers, then Absolutely. later they learn, okay, if I want to achieve something, I'm going to have to put in effort because the be effort is where I end up rewarded long term. And trying different things and seeing what works out. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's really what our generation did not have and probably the generations above us just it was really focused on, okay, do the assignment, do what you're told, and I'll reward you for that. Yep, um, follow directions, but, do what you're told. But Yeah, but not think critically, try different stuff, and think outside of the box. We just, gen I mean, there's specific differences between people, but generally, generationally, I think totally did not get that. Yeah, and sometimes I wonder, because I mean, as a parent, all the parents out there, we wonder if we're doing it right. But it, we we went to dinner last night, we we're sitting at the table and the kids were playing with the straw. You put your finger on the top and you can pull. And it was like, well, mm -hmm. why does that work? Because if you have a gallon of milk, if you know, you've got all the, it won't work to do. If you have a hole on the other side, the milk will just pour out. It's like, why does it work? <laughs> Well, so yeah. we we had the thinking and trying to figure it out like from science. And then eventually we explained to them it's about surface tension of the water and because it's such a small hole and that the surface tension is what holds the liquid in the straw and why it only works when it's that small versus a larger hole with more liquid and all those things. But when the kids think critically and struggling mm -hmm. with that a little bit, like not getting the answer right. Yeah. It was a very interesting conversation, and but I think that's what all of us need is to challenge ourselves a little bit and yeah. recognize that, oh, crap, it didn't work. Okay, new avenue. What's next? And yeah, and just having the commitment to find the answer or right. the commitment to get to the end of it, right? Maybe Absolutely. So we are talking a little bit about how you're going to follow through 
and be committed because I've heard the word consistency a lot and I'm I'm not great at consistency and most of us who are neurospicy have trouble with consistency but what I've learned is that it's okay you just got to do it anyway and if your consistency is once a week or twice a week or whatever it looks like for you if it's not every 5 minutes if it's not every single day because you just can't make that work for yourself for whatever it is, or maybe you just don't have time to make it as often as you'd like it, just be consistent. Like, I think that's a huge tip for following through. Yeah. What's what's one thing we could do to like make things more consistent? Because we wake up and it's, man, I feel like I've got all this overwhelming stuff. I don't know what to pick. And then like, oftentimes I'll just end up taking no action, right? Because it's, it's hard to figure out what to do next because prioritizing isn't the best thing I'm good at. Hey, me either. Again, another neurospicy thing. Sometimes prioritizing is really hard. So we know some of you listening are definitely neurodivergent like we are. And one of the things that experts say, there's a, a book called Eat That Frog. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's about doing something like big, bag, bad, and nasty first, like eating the frog first. So when you first start to sit down at work or to do whatever task it is you're, you have at hand, don't start with the little easy, meaningless stuff first, because a lot of times later when you do five, six, 10 little meaningless, easy stuff, you won't see the same result as you did if you had just did that, like that thing that you are avoiding that's hard, that you don't know how to do, that whatever it is. If you just take the plunge, eat the frog first, it's kind of a gross saying, actually, but <laughs> it's pretty terrible imagery, actually. It really is. But it's like that's I mean, it's like the thing you're avoiding. Yeah. But it's then when you get it done, you feel good. You can see progress. And then usually it gives you that like energy and boost to go do the smaller things or at least a few smaller things. And I mean, maybe not, but maybe if it's a big enough frog, you're like, dang, I got a lot done. Okay, great. Then yeah. maybe next maybe next time is the time where it's okay, now I gotta tie up all the loose ends because the, the big frog for this week is done. So tomorrow yeah. I can focus on the smaller stuff. It's it's breaking it up the way that works for you too. And yeah, I like what you said as well, because like after you do it, you get this feeling, this good feeling, right? You're like, ah, that feels great. And that's one thing that really works for me is focusing on that dopamine hit, that like feeling of accomplishment yeah. for whatever it is, because I know that like it's gonna suck. Like, I know that there are these things that I don't want to do, but I generally do feel good afterwards. And so just knowing that I'm going to feel good at the end is much more of a motivation for me. Yeah. Just feeling like I have to do Like crossing stuff off a list, checking stuff off a list totally gives me a dopamine. Like, yeah. Absolutely. So if I end up doing something that I'm like, oh, I didn't realize I even needed to do this. Because sometimes when you don't know what you're doing and then you're like, oh, there's this thing that I don't have on my list, but like. I can't do this other stuff without doing this important thing. You add it to your list after and cross it off. I did it. Yeah. I didn't know I needed to, but I did it. Like, give yourself mm -hmm. that hit. The other thing, I actually was just listening to Mel Robbins' podcast on Spotify, and she had Dr. Daniel Amen on. And I actually have a little love spot for Dr. Amen because one of his videos is the way I realized that I probably had ADHD and did research and... Yeah. So, so then when I was like, oh, he's on her podcast. Yes. Okay. So what he cool. was saying though, cause he's, he is a psychiatrist and he does all sorts of studies on brain and how our brains work on the brain. And he says that for dopamine output, 
morning is usually the most when we have our highest dopamine output that our brain just does. But we're all a little different. And he said, basically, you want to figure out when you have the easiest time focusing because he he even addressed that like for neurodivergent folks, like sometimes it's later in the day, sometimes it's in the evening. But so learning when you focus the best and then harnessing that. So it's like, when am I going to have my best time mm-hmm. of day? So maybe you're not at work, you know, that day. And maybe mm-hmm. you're like, I'm going to work on my thing today. But if people get up at 6 a.m. and they do their best work, if you do not get up at 6 a.m. and do your best work, which is me. I definitely yeah. don't get up and do my best work at 6 a.m. Same. Yeah. Right. You've got to look at, okay, what time of day does it make sense to carve out time to do the thing I want to do and maximize it? Yeah. When's it the easiest for me to focus? Because whenever mm-hmm. it's not easy, I can chill and watch a movie or take a walk or go do other things when I don't need to focus and get stuff done. So it might, might take I a little bit. I think that's a common mistake I actually made. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. And so like when I feel good, I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I feel like doing something. So I'm going to put on a movie or I'm going to do something totally unproductive or playing a video game. Right. Mm-hmm. So instead of spending my energized hours doing nothing, putting that towards trying to create something, it's like, oh, I feel good now. Mm-hmm. So let, let me do something. And that's when I would make all my TikToks would be at like midnight, right. Or editing. Like I love editing overnight because it's just quiet. I have the energy and it's a good, good productive thing for me to do. For working out, I would have to do it like literally right after my work day, right? It's okay. I finished work. I finished these things I have to do. So now I'm going to go straight to the gym Mm -hmm. uh, without going home first, right? So, you know, just little things like that. Mm -hmm. Well, and that too, I've heard it called habit stacking where like, you're like, I'm done with work. I go to the gym. Mm -hmm. Like I leave work. I go to the gym. I don't go home because otherwise I won't go to the gym. Same with if you're trying to adds add a little habit in i brush my teeth i wash my face i get dressed in the morning and then you can add something i'm going to do my daily affirmation i'm going to do my two minutes of meditation or with something you already do so adding another habit with something you already are doing can make it easier to remember to do it and then also if you're struggling to get started i brought up mel robbins and her podcast. But Mel Robbins, Mm. I've seen her speak publicly. I've read one of her books. She has multiple books. I need to read her next book. It's on my list. But uh, she has the five, it's the five second rule. That was her first book. And the habit is basically when you're going to start something and you're hesitating. So if you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. Go, okay, five, four, three, two, start taking action. Get up to go do your workout, put your, get on your gym clothes, start writing the book you're working on whatever it is like take an action five four three two one do it and don't let yourself take longer and it actually helps your brain to count down backwards like that because then you can't keep going if you go one two three four five like your brain will keep going you'll be like i can count to three thousand eight hundred and then i've spent all my time counting but uh and then if you take the action it also scientifically in her book I highly recommend reading her book. It Scientifically, there's a reason why we will do better if we take action within five seconds. Then it gets infinitely harder. Our brain makes it harder for us if we're, there's a thing we're yeah. struggling to do. So, Because we start thinking of all the, the other possible outcomes. And yep. And start arguing with ourselves. Yeah. That's amazing. Totally. So take a short break and then come back to some very actionable things that we can implement in order to maintain our commitments. Sounds great. See you in a minute. 
Have you ever started something new that you were really excited about and invested time or money into, but after doing it for a while, you reach a point and you just feel like, I have no idea what the F I'm doing. There's that bubbling up of frustration because you're not quite as good as you thought you'd be or it's nowhere near as easy as you expected. Then suddenly a wave of guilt comes at the same time and you don't really want to or feel like you can express this to anyone. Having a dream you want to accomplish can be very sad and isolating. It's lonely because visionaries tend to see the world the way that it could be instead of settling for the way the world currently is, like most people do. We believe this so deeply that we wrote a book with the exact four steps to help. This guide is designed to take you out of that feeling of frustration and overwhelm and lead you into the calmness and clarity that you need to reach the life that you know in your heart you're destined to have. If you've started a project or a goal but have stopped, gotten stuck, or are starting to feel burned out, this is 100% the book for you. Go to idkwtfpodcast.com today and download your digital copy with the coupon code ACTION to get it on us because we want to join you and be your supportive friends and partners throughout your journey. It's only free for a limited time if you use the code ACTION by going to our website, idktfpodcast.com. Check it out today and let's get unstuck together. What else you got, David? So we're talking about habits, right? And how to get into the habit of getting into that action. So that's that first pillar. The second pillar then is accountability. So something we've talked about in past episodes as well, like you send your your daily or weekly planner to an accountability buddy. I'm yep. just having someone to talk to. Every that, single night. And even if they're not looking at it, just having the accountability of I need to send this every day makes you take that action. And yeah. Then and, then I, and then I look at it. Some days I don't feel like looking at my calendar for the next day, but it's like my friend and I, it works for him. It works for me. Even when we're one of us is on vacation, the other one's, yeah, send it to me. We'll be like, I'm not doing it for this week because I'm on vacation, but we'll still have the accountability of that other person is receiving it. And if one of us forgets, like usually we're not like on each other, but it's it's supportive. It's, hey, is everything okay? Are you all good? Yeah. Because we've committed that every day we send this little screenshot of our following day calendar because it makes a difference for us in looking at our calendars and not missing appointments making sure we're doing the shit that we want to get done. So yeah, it, it can be very simple and non-pressureful accountability. So I think sometimes accountability yeah. can feel like a lot of pressure. It doesn't have to be. Absolutely. And I, I think it's important, like you just said, to keep in mind like how your reactivity style is, right? Having the low pressure accountability is really good for some people like me because if I have a coach who's just like pushing me and pushing me, I'll get rebellious and I'll be like, be like, you don't know me. You don't know what I'm doing. I'm not even going to listen to you anymore. You're not the boss of me. <laughs> yeah. Even though I'm paying you. <laughs> even though I'm paying you to help me do this. You're not the boss of me. No, right. I mean, really, like how many times have I coached clients who it's like, you are literally, you came for this service. You're yeah. asking for what I'm providing, but you don't want to do what I'm asking you to do. And uh, some of the coaching structures I've done through other programs have been pretty rigid, you know, mm. needing to do things. and so. Yeah, it definitely has people, to fit your... Yeah, some people need that style too, right? Total. Oh, I mean, I I think yeah. I love the accountability that's gentle, but sometimes I need the kick in the butt. I need someone who's going to hold my feet to the fire sometimes. It depends on... It depends, yeah. right? But that's yeah. the thing is you get to know and figure out what works. Does gentle accountability work? Is that making you happier? It comes back to what we talked about 
in one of our previous episodes about what motivates you. Is it like the fear and the push or is it like living into that future you've created for yourself? Are you like punishment motivated? Like you get denied something if you don't accomplish it or are you reward motivated where you get to celebrate or you get something good once you get this thing done, right? I think so. I'm more re reward motivated personally. Mm -hmm. I mean, it all, it all stems from not wanting a certain outcome, but I definitely, for me personally, it's not, oh, well, then I can't do this because I know darn well that I'm in charge of my life. And if I say, oh, well, mm -hmm. okay, Teresa, you can't watch the TV show you want to watch if you don't get this done. In my mind, it's like, yes, yes, I can. You're not the boss of me. <laughs> right. <laughs> I argue with You're myself. not the boss of me. me. So it's more I'll like, hey, no, I want to. hey, no, I don't <laughs> feel like looking at my calendar for tomorrow right now, but it's like, I will have a better day. If I know, if I look and go, oh yeah, I have that thing tomorrow that I wasn't thinking about because I didn't realize what day it is or what month it is or what year it is. I mean, I don't, who knows, right? <laughs> so it's like, yeah. it, it brings me back. I know that tomorrow will be better. This week will be better if I have some idea of what's going on. So Absolutely. it's that that motivates me is the, is the, I know it will set me up to feel better and have a better week. So I don't know. Well, how about you? For me, it's about our third pillar, which is having like community and having people I can talk to and having just being able to see that there are other people doing what I'm doing. Yeah. And they're going through the same issues and they're working through the problems and being able to like troubleshoot with others. Like that to me is even more powerful than a reward or a punishment. Yeah, it's definitely helpful. I mean, for me, even if it's not people going through the exact same thing as me, but... Like, I happen to be married to an incredibly supportive person. I mean, no one's perfect, but he's always been super supportive of me and what I want to do. And I feel like you need to have some people in your corner who just want you to do well and be happy and succeed at whatever it is that works for you. So you got to find those people. And yes, having other people doing the same thing, too is super helpful because then they can you can bounce ideas off each other. You can be real with each other and, support each other in that way. And also yeah. mentors, like supportive mentors can be really people who are a little bit farther along than you. So mentors, coaches, people who are willing to give their time and or you can pay for their time to yeah. get that support. Absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes you do. It's it's hard if you don't have that same community, maybe find someone, invest a, a chunk of something because just having that person there. And when you're paying for something, you're getting something back and you know exactly what that transaction is for. If you're like, I need support and you're paying someone to do it, they will always be there for you, right? Because you're paying for it. Instead right. of like affecting your friend's time or someone else's time who you don't have a contract with. Totally. Well, and, and, you know, I hope, I hope that there's someone in your life that is there for you, but sometimes they're not, or sometimes not consistently for what you need. The other really great thing about hiring a coach is a lot of times they have a community. So if you don't have a community and you have to hire a coach, that could be a prerequisite of what you're looking for in a coach is that they have whatever the coaching that you need, whatever support that you need, but also that they have a built-in Facebook community or Patreon community or something that is a community where you then can connect with other people who have similar goals as you. They're using the same coach or have used the same coach. And that way you get to create that community if you don't already have it. Because I know sometimes it's like, where do I find people who are 
doing the things I'm doing. That's one of the ways. Then you get the paid for support that David was talking about that is guaranteed. Because also, friends, as a coach, you should never need a coach forever. Like, Mm -hmm. eventually you will tap out the coach that you have and you will need a different coach. Because that's just, I mean, you will gain something from them. You better. They they better. They're they're a bad coach if if you don't gain something from them. Yeah. Well, if you're taking action. There's lots of factors. But go to their communities. Meet people there. No, that's that's a perfect point because that's something to look for in a coach is that they you sh- the coach should encourage you to level up at some point. The coach should say, you have reached, you've done everything I can teach you. It's now time for you to get to that next level. And I think right. that's an important thing to consider. Also, I feel like most coaches have a community on some platform and you can connect with other people. Yeah. And until you find that coach, you should join our free community on Facebook which is also linked in the show notes, but you can also find it at idkwtfpodcast.com. I think just forward slash community. Yep. And I mean, David and I are both coaches too. So we got you covered. Gotcha. Anything you (laughs) need. And if we're not, and if we're not the right coaches for you, you can absolutely come to our community. Like that's, that's why we have it. And we, we want you to get max value from it. Absolutely. Cool. So we covered today the three pillars that really will to focus on to get your commitment, to ensure that you commit to the task you're wanting to finish. We covered statistics on how many people are actually setting goals and what the criteria is for successfully setting and hitting goals. Because only 3% of people are actually hitting their goals. Absolutely. Then we covered a bunch of great things to do within those three pillars. And I think that was, I think we did pretty good on this episode. I hope so. Yeah. We'd love to hear. Yeah. We let us know. We'd also, we'd love to hear what you think. We'd love to hear your own tips because school's never out. I'll say that all day long. I am constantly getting new books and learning new things and reading new studies to learn more. So if there's something we're missing. We'll share it. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks again. for hanging out. You guys have a wonderful rest of your week. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please consider liking, subscribing, and or reviewing us on wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, if there's someone you know who clearly doesn't know what the fuck they're doing and would benefit from this topic, please hit that share button and send them this episode. Let's normalize the feeling of uncertainty, asking for help, and admitting that we don't know what the fuck we're doing either. either.